0: And everybody who receives that, just shout out, amen. Amen. Well, today is Give a Gift to Jesus Sunday. Give a gift to Jesus Sunday. And during this service, at the end, we're going to receive gifts. Uh, uh, We have a big present that we're going to put down front and give you an opportunity to bring those gifts down front. So I want to outline to you, um, during this good news season, what I've, I kind of have two working titles. Number one is the good news of giving. Everybody say good news. You know, giving is one of those things that usually when we talk about giving, people get kind of tight. They get kind of tight. So I wanna first of all, just try to loosen you up a little bit about giving because giving is not something we should be tight about. As I mentioned earlier, this is the season of giving. Most of us are receiving presents and giving presents. So Giving is not something that we should be afraid of, scared to talk about, or, or whatever. We need to be knowledgeable about what Jesus said about giving, about what God says about giving, about what his word says about giving. You know, if I were to teach this morning on healing, let's say you had a sickness in your body, and I were to teach on healing today. And you latch on to that word, and you realize, man, I don't know what God's word says about healing. But I know I need healing in my body. And then we begin to do a season on healing, and I teach every week on healing. And you're like, man, this is good. And then all of a sudden, a light bulb comes on. Have you ever had a light bulb when you're studying God's word? That's called Revelation. Revelation is when God's word is not just words on a page, but it's boom, it's lightning. It's, 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 oh, aha, I got it. It's a revelation. And when, if you, if you get, if you had sickness in your body and you're hearing me or someone teach on healing and you get that revelation, you'll begin to see a change in your body. You will because you'll begin to apply, not just, hey, God wants to be healed. I know that that's what God's word says, but now it's, Man, God wants to be healed. I know God wants me. I know it in my bones. I know it in my spirit. And then you begin to apply that. Now, no one in here would be upset about that. What if I what if I'm just preach you salvation? It's people were in this room that were unsaved or had backslidden. And you're like, man, I need Jesus. And the revelation drops in that God sent his son to die for me and save me. No one would have a problem with me teaching on salvation, healing, on uh, faith. Man, if you're believing God for, for things to move in your life and things to change, you the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, What is faith? You have to understand it. You have to know what God's word says about it. You have to apply it to your life. So the same way that you would receive those things if I were to preach on them today, I'm asking you, if you're watching online, if you're in person, receive, set your heart right now, that although, and I know this isn't everyone because we have a very generous giving church, but I recognize that some people might not be used to uh, a pastor talking about giving the way I do. But I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to give you a ton of scripture today. I'm going to back everything I say up with God's word and that uh, if you'll, be open, I'm asking God to give you revelation knowledge about what God's word says about giving. Because the thing that you have to realize is that nothing in God's word, nothing is one way. Nothing is one way. Like imagine if, um, who in here is married? Just lift your hands if you're married. Okay. Uh, who's dating? Dating? Anybody dating? Okay. Who is? Did you raise your hand? You're always dating. Okay, all right. I saw a married family, for those who are watching a lot and didn't see, I saw a married family raise their hand. I'm like, wait a second. I am pretty sure you guys are married. No, that's good. You should always be dating. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm not going to have you raise your hand if you're single, but if you're single... Might well, be words so, uh, with the way it's gone so far. Some people might be raising hands, and I'm like, I don't even want to know why you're raising your hand. Huh. But no, listen. If you're single, you might know, uh, or you might uh, want to know what God's word says about that, or and you might be seeking things out about that. And so, um, if you're if you're hungry for a relationship, you start moving toward that way. You start seeking out. You know, when I wanted to get married to Natalie. Man, I want, actually, before I even knew it was Natalie. Like, when I just wanted to get married, I got hungry. I got hungry. I wanted to know, what does God's word say about being married? What does God's word say about women? What kind of woman should I be looking for? I wrote it down. I got a vision. You know, the Bible says if, if, um, uh, that those without a vision perish. And that, if, that you need to have a vision to make it plain because you can't run. It's hard to run if you don't have a vision. Everybody say this, say, you can't hit a target you don't have. You have to have a target. So I wanna try to encourage you today to think about uh, finances a little bit different. Amen, to think about it a little bit different, to think about your giving a little bit different because it's not a one-way street. It's not a one-way street. So let's go back to those that are married. If you're married, who in this room would want to be married to somebody. You don't have to raise your hands. But who in this room would want to be married to somebody? And all you did was one way. All you did, you you gave all the gifts, you gave all the love, you dished out all the respect, you dished out all the honor, you dished out all everything. Everything, the stuff you can't see and the stuff you see. You did the work around the house and they gave nothing back. I mean... They say that the five love languages, that you have one primary love language and then a secondary one that might be equally or around the same, and then the other three are good, but then you got one or two. Imagine if you gave all five love languages to this person and they never did anything back. You would feel pretty upset about that. You'd be coming asking for counseling. Pastor, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't want to get divorced, but I'm just telling you, I'm doing all the... With giving, what I've noticed is people that aren't giving are expecting God to bless them and they're not doing their part of the deal. And that when you realize God's God's word clearly outlines a system that says when you give, God gives back to you. When you live with an open hand, literally Proverbs says that those who live with a generous or an open hand will be blessed those who water will be watered then i look around or hear people talk people talk to us come and tell us stories and tell us things and they're living like this or like this or like this like i don't even have hands it's a two-way street so what i want to do today check this out what i want to do today is help you out with what god's word says about giving So that you can operate in the same way you would operate in faith, the same way you'd operate in prayer, same way you'd operate in any facet of the Christian walk. Giving and your financial realm should be operating at a full biblical capacity. Everybody say amen. Amen. So what I want to tell you is the good news of giving or maybe a longer, better title might be this. What Jesus wants you to know about giving. What would Jesus want to tell you about giving? If he were here today, what would he want to tell you about giving? Well, obviously, he's not. So, I'm going to do my best to give you five things. I'm sure I could come up with more, but for the sake of time and continuity, I'm going to give you five things that I know Jesus would want you to know. Five things that I am confident that if you want to know anything about giving, you need to know these five things. Are you ready? All right, three people. I'm going to ask you again, because if not, we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to go back over more setup here and prom the pump. I don't have time. It's already 1116. So are you ready? Number one, when you give, you give to God. When you give, you give to God. Now, obviously, I'm talking about finances today. But I recognize that when we do give a gift to Jesus, it might be other things. And even beyond physical, material things, there are things you can give like time. There are things you can give like uh, um, uh, resources, abilities, that you can sow, that you can give those things. And the Bible says in Luke six thirty-eight that when you give, it'll be given back to you. But before we even get into that, look at John 3, 16. Uh, I skipped. I went to number two. All right, hold on. You can write down, but now write down number two. That's number two. Messed up my whole, my whole flow here. What it was is that was originally number one for like all week. I just figured I'd tell you what's going on. What's going on in my head. You give to God was originally number one, but now it's number two. Can I back up? I'm gonna just start over. Here we go. Heavenly Father and Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all don't want me to start over? All right. All right. What Jesus wants us to know about giving to him. All right, we're gonna go back. Leave John 3.16 up there. Number one the new number one, is God gave first. God gave first. God gave first. John 3, 16 says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Notice that it says, for God loved the world that he what? I can't hear you. God so loved the world that he what? He gave. God gave first. God gave first. Not only did God give first, but if you think about Genesis, this is Jesus talking, by the way. If you think about Genesis, what do we know about how we were created? You and I, mankind, was created in the image and likeness of God. You and I were created in such a way that we were created to replicate the things that God does, to be like God. God's three parts were three parts. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. We were created in the image and likeness of God. You have been taught to live like this by the world. Your spiritual nature, the the, the part that changes on the inside, when you get saved, that's the part of you that goes, me and I, I really want to give to them. Like when you ever see a homeless person on the side of the street, you like, I mean, unless they're, Because I I recognize that there are people who uh, do that, what's it called? Scam you or whatever, right? That they're not really homeless and they've got a BMW on the side and they parked over there and they came and they disheveled their hair and they have a sign. I I recognize that there are scammers. But the part of you that says, man, I want to help that guy. I want to help that family. I want to bless them. That's not in your nature. Look at any little kid. Look at any little kid. Give me, give me, give me. mind, mind, mind. That's a flesh part of them that they're, that they're taught because the, 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 the little older kids they play with pull stuff away and then they learn that. You know, uh, I've joked about it, but Josh struggled with, has struggled with sports so far, man. I, I, I thought for sure when I got to having a boy, I was gonna have a star. Whoa, we got Michael Jordan in the house. He's gonna be, I mean, he loved basketball. He would run right here, uh, Jamal, Uh, Jamal's standing in the back. He's like, how tall are you, six foot? Six foot four. He played college basketball and he's out there. He's spending time with Josh. He's picking Josh up, letting him dunk. I'm like, man, my son's going to be awesome. He's going to be the man. We get him out on the basketball court. We get him the jersey. We get somebody bless him with uh, 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 Air, uh, Air Jordans or whatever they are. He's got the Jordan shoes on. He looks like Jordan. I mean, I know he's white, but he looks like Jordan. You know what I mean? He's also like literally about a foot tall I'm like man you gotta grow if you're gonna play basketball anyways so he's out there I'm like all right cool cool hey I want to coach I'm gonna coach so I'm coaching and I got the team and I'm like hey what we're gonna do is we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then I got uh where you at where's coach Hunter is he here I thought so I'm there coach Hunter's helping me and I have no idea how to coach basketball because I played baseball and I played rugby and I played motocross so coach Hunter's helping me and I'm like this is awesome my son he's gonna be the man he's gonna be the man we blow the whistle, first play, and somebody goes up, takes the ball from Josh, and runs down the court. Josh pinches the fit, throws himself on the ground, full out three year old tantrum. I'm like, what is happening? Okay, it's just maybe he just woke You know how sometimes you give excuses for your kids? He just woke up on the wrong side of bed. He just didn't get breakfast this morning. Right, so we pick him up, try again, try again. Every time somebody took the ball from him, he cried. Every time. Well, that. I mean, I have to now teach his flesh, teach his flesh, teach his mind. Josh, it's a sport. It's a team sport. You share the ball. You let some people have the ball, and you pass the ball to them, and sometimes they score. Sometimes they pass the ball to you, and sometimes you score. But he's learned from probably his sisters who take things from him and lock him out of his room, lock him out of their room, there's four and five years old, five and six years old. Like, what are you locking the poor little kid out of the room? He's beating on the door. But they he's learning these things. Okay, well, I've gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold on to it. Three years old. I gotta have mine. That's my ball. No, it's the team ball. So you have to teach their flesh. What's amazing though, Kaylee, who's six, was this not the same way, but you know, in her own little way, similar. Once she got saved, this is the true story. You can ask my wife. I'm not lying. Once she got saved last year or earlier this year, she had saved. She started asking about giving. Now, when I give, how much? How do you do 10%? How do you figure it out? How does it work? She wanted to know about giving. She had a little piggy bank. We let her save money. Every once in a while, we would just, you know, pull a dime out or whatever, let them give in the celebration offering. But now she wanted to know. She wanted to give. What was the difference? Her spirit got saved and her spirit's the part, what all of us know, all of us have been there. When God leads you to give to somebody, your flesh is the part that goes, uh, but I got bills next week. But I got to pay for that iPhone 15 Pro. But, but, but I have to, but what about, see, that's your flesh. The spirit part of you that is the part that says, no, give do that why is that in you because god gave first it's in his nature to give it's his nature to give it's his it's his being to give he gave first and that giving nature is a part of you you need to work on allowing god's the spiritual part of you see when it grows you will become a giver and you'll give stuff i mean i've gotten to the point now where i give and then i'm thinking like well I'm glad God's word is true because this got to come back because I'm I'm going to need that, you know? But what do you do? You just give. God says give and you give. Everybody say, God gave to me first. God gave first. So then number two, I already gave you. Ready? Number two, you give to God and not to man. When you give, you give to God. Hebrews 7, 8 says this. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. This whole chapter 7 is talking about Melchizedek, which I don't have time. It's 1125 already. I don't have time to go into who he is. But um, they liken him, the the Hebrews author actually likens him to Jesus Christ because because of several things of the high priesthood and all those things. So when you are giving, the Bible's instructing us here, the author of Hebrews is instructing us that men receive tithes. You need to have a place to give. You need to have a place to sow. You need to have a place to bring your finances. uh, uh, Back in this time when all this was written, they wouldn't give grain offerings. They would give of the harvest of the land. Well, they had to have a place to do that. That's why they would give to the storehouse. So what happens? When you give, you have to have a place to do it. So the author Hebrews is instructing us, when you give, give to God. There in heaven, he receives it. Everybody say in heaven, what does God receive when you give? Everybody say obedience. God receives your obedience. When you, you know what else you receives? Proverbs tells you to honor the Lord with the first fruits of your income, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Everybody say honor. How many of you enjoy being dishonored? How many of you enjoy being dishonored? Like when somebody just, just straight up talks about you behind your back, runs you down, whatever it is, dishonors you. The reason, the main, I, don't, I probably shouldn't make it dogmatic like that. But I'm going to say that for me, one of the most revelation things that clicked for me with giving was that when I determined in my life to give to God, that honor him, could you put that up, Proverbs 3, where it says honor the Lord? When I determined, you know what? I'm going to honor God with my finances. I gonna honor the Lord with my possessions. Everybody say possessions. That means everything you have. The Bible says that God owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything that's in this world. He made you and I custodians. Again, go back to Genesis. What did he do? Stay up there on the screen, but, but think about Genesis. Adam and Eve, he made them and then gave them custodianship of the earth. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, go and do your thing on this earth. Take what I've given you. How do you multiply unless you've got something to multiply? You have to have something. He said, take what's out there, manage it, and multiply it. Be fruitful. He wasn't just talking about making babies. It was that, but it was also multiply. Multiply the earth. Multiply yourselves. Multiply you. Multiply what I've put in you. When you take, when you withhold your giving, you dishonor God. We say it the positive way. When you give, you honor God. Why? Because you are saying, I love you so much that I want to honor you with this. I love you so much that my possessions, the first part of it, I'm going to give back to you as honor. As honor. If I were to look at your life right now, see honor is a key to the kingdom. You know, the 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 only uh um uh commandment with a promise is honor your father and mother and if you do you live a long life everybody say honor if you if, if your life is a mess i bet if we dissected it we could point it back to somebody you dishonored whether it be god your parents or somebody else i know that's tough I know. I know I, I see that's this is this is why you have a this is why you come to a spirit-led church because that's not in my notes and that's the Lord dropping it in my heart. Hey, talk to them about honoring me. Because you honor God. Now let's just flip it to the positive. Leave that verse up there for me. Let's 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 get to see God's not a negative God. God don't do what he's doing right now and point something out, with his finger on something and say, you're not honoring me. But every time God corrects you, every time God chastens you, there's a blessing attached to it. See, I've had to work on that as a parent. I've had to really work on that as a parent. That whenever I chase in my kids, whenever I correct them, whenever I come down to them, it can't just be all, stop, no, don't do that. Stop, hey, stop, wait, what? Anybody ever do that as a parent? Like, you didn't even have the words. You know what I'm talking about? Uh Sons, Josh. Anybody else? See, God doesn't do that. Look at this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Verse ten. So your barns will be filled with a little. I want you to give to me so that your barns get emptied, and then you have to trust me. Is that is that in the Bible? Because that's what that's what that's what people believe. People actually believe that. This is why we take the time to teach on giving. This is why I set you up at the beginning to hear me today. Hear what God's saying to you today. That God does not want you to honor him with your giving, with your possessions, with the first fruit of your increase, just so you have to. It does require trust. It will require faith. But the point, Am I say so, so, honor me, so. Hey Josh, don't put your hand on the stove, so you don't get burned. Hey Kaylee, don't run out in the street, so you don't get hit by a car and you live a long life, and you aren't crippled or dismembered or whatever, and we don't have to go to the hospital and you don't get in anguish and pain. So, everybody say so. See, this is this is the this is the blessing part. This is that God puts his finger on something and says, okay, I need to change that in my life, not because God's trying to beat me up, but because God's trying to get something to me, because God's trying to bless me. God's trying to increase me. God's trying to fix something. God's trying to tweak something. God's trying to move you from one area of your life to another area. I started the service today, or at least my part of the service, by telling you, put a period on 2023, and let's move to 2024. And let's not making a repeat of last year. And one of the ways you'll guarantee that you don't repeat last year is if you honor God at a higher level in 2024. If you honor God, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor you with my time. I can, t- I can tell you, I can't get into my agreement Sunday message already, but it's just, it's in me. I could tell you why I did not repeat 2022 this year. I can, I can tell you, I can tell you tangible, natural things that I did they're, they're, They have spiritual ties, but things that I said, no, I'm going to fast like I've never fasted before. I'm going to give like I've never given before. I'm going to spend time in God's presence like I've never done before. I'm going I'm to go in. I'm going to go hard. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I, I just, there were several areas that I felt that were deficits in my life. And I said, okay. I end in 2021 or 2022 the same as 2021 in many areas so many areas and I determined it's not going to be a repeat it's not going to be a repeat and one of the things that I did is honor God with my time and it's like I don't even know how' to explain it everything we did this weekend I I, I wouldn't want to do it because it would sound boastful but I, I bet I I did double the most of you this weekend just thanks tasks. Menial things that we had to do, had to get done, and yet had time for dinner with family every night, every almost every meal. Had uh I went got gifts from my wife for Christmas? They're already wrapped and under the tree. Yo, that's big for hey! It's December sixteenth, and I got gifts under the tree, baby. Y'all don't know that's a new leap. That's a new leap. That's a not repeat, man. No, I'm knowing that husband that's out. I wouldn't have been doing a work day on December 22nd. I'd have been out shopping. That's normally me. Right? I, I'm just telling you, the reason that that happened, the reason God, God has actually helped me become a better planner and plan in advance. You know how? You know why? Because I honored him with the time that I had. If you honor, I I already have five points, so make this six. I don't know. But honor. 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 Amen. One number, mile, number two. All right, number three, ready? We're going to hit this quick because I actually taught on this last year. So I want to remind you. Number three, the third thing that Jesus would want you to know about giving is that there are seven types of giving. And they actually are broken down into two main categories. All right, so I'm going to tell you the two categories, but the two categories are part of the seven, okay? So the two categories are tithe and offering. So Jesus would want you to know. There's seven types of giving in two categories. So tithing is its own category that stands alone by itself. So everybody say the tithe. All right? So this is point number three that has seven subpoints. So number one of the seven types of giving and the first standalone category is the tithe. Malachi, you see on the screens, will a man rob God? Yet yeah, you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Verse nine, you are cursed. With a curse. Why? For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10. Bring all the tithe. Everybody say tithe. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive i Now stay there for a second. There you see it again. God's not putting his finger on, God harshly, harshly rebuked the Israelites. Harshly rebuked his people. You are robbing me. You are stealing from me. Now we, thankfully, don't live under a curse, and I don't have time to go into all that, but that verse 9, we don't live under a curse. What do we live under? We live under a dispensation of grace. So the, the, the principle that he's teaching here still applies. Minus the curse. What, what? Think about what God did. Hey, stop robbing me. Now, remember when I was talking a couple weeks ago about the IRS? The IRS, what, what, what would they do? They'd come seize your home, wreck your credit, ruin your life. I feel like the IRS would take your kids if they could. I mean, they would just ruin your life if you robbed them. But not God. Hey, you robbed me. You're cursed with a curse. But listen, if you bring the tide to me, I will literally open the floodgate and flood your whole kingdom, flood your whole household, flood your whole life, flood your whole family. I'll bless you. If you don't just honor me with the little 10% that I'm asking, you're robbing me right now. And you, because you robbed me, there's a curse on your kingdom. But if you'll just bring that tide, I'll open the floodgates of heaven. I'll open the floodgates, baby. I'll pour out so much you won't have room enough to receive it. I'll flood your life. Flood your life with blessing. Flood your life with more than enough. Is that enough? I'd be happy with that. Wouldn't you? Raise your hand if you'd be happy with that. Okay. Guess what? Everybody say it gets better. Verse 11. Not only, not only will he bless you, but then your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them. Now, who in here has got crops? I'm just curious. Anybody a farmer? Okay. No farmers. All right. Who gets a paycheck once a week or twice a month? Another way to ask that is who works, who works? When you work, you get a harvest. You literally sell your time, talent, energy, effort to a company. I don't know if I likes that term, but it's literally what you're doing. You're saying, I am worth $40,000 a year to do that job. And so I'm gonna give that to you. In return, you pay me. That's your harvest for working. It's the same as a farmer who goes out and would sow the ground, or or yeah, till the ground, prepare the ground, sow into that ground, and then months later, he gets a harvest. Same thing. You're going into your job, and you're getting, if you're a mailman, you're going into the mail, you're organizing the mail, getting the mail, you're putting in the bags, you're putting in the car, you're going out, you're driving the truck, and you're putting in the mailboxes. For that, you get paid X amount of dollars. Same thing. Notice this. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Not only is God saying, hey, stop robbing me, but when you get it right, I'll gain your light. Have you ever seen, I know I joked about it a few weeks ago, uh the the river downtown when duke energy needs to create some energy they'll open the floodgates and it's so powerful that they have sirens that go off for anybody who's rafting anybody who's in the river i forget it's that the that's not the broad river which one is it saluda if you're in the saluda river the sirens go off and they say hey get out we opened the floodgates it'll overtake you It'll drown you. Go back to verse 10. It's literally what God's saying. That's what this original word means. Is it says uh gates here, right? Is that what it says? So the uh found open, or it says windows. This 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 translation says windows. The original, uh, this would be Hebrew or Aramaic. This means floodgates. Floodgates like the Duke Energy Dam. You know what that means? Wrap your head around this. God's got everything you need. You're holding it up. It's there. It's available. He had everything the Israelites needed. And he told them, you're holding it up. The word tithe is a fixed 10%. It, the, the original word is masar or masar, uh, and in plural, it's in plural, feminine, masarah. It means a tenth, especially a tithe, or a tenth part. Uh, and in the word tithing, the action word is payment of a tenth part. So tithing or tithe. Uh, we already read Hebrews 7. What did Hebrews 7 say? When you tithe, that you're giving uh, here on earth, men receive the tithe, but there in heaven, God receives it. So it's not just Old Testament. Some people argue that. Well, that was just Old Testament. Okay, check this out. In Genesis, in Genesis, Abram was the first one to tithe. He gave, that's what Hebrews 7 is referencing. He gave to Melchizedek. But then in Genesis 28, I don't know if I've ever read this here. I've read it in Florence, but I'm going to read it here. Genesis 28, through 22. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going, And give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. This is Genesis 28. This is the very early days of mankind. This is before the law. This is before tithing was mandated. This is before Jesus came. This is way back in the day. Notice what he says. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar, because he made an altar there, Shall be God's house. And of all that you give me. That's a capital U. He's talking about God. Of all that you give me. I will surely give a tenth to you. I will surely give a tithe to you. I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. I will surely give God a tenth. That's Jacob. That's Abraham's son. Now, if if he did that and God blessed him, then it predates the law. Abram did it. Jacob did it. It was mandated in the law. But we know that the law was created really to, to, to show how man could not complete, do, do anything by himself anyways. Jesus came and abolished the law. So then the thing that we'll need to know is, does Jesus want us to tithe? I'll answer that one in a minute. So I told you there's seven types of giving that Jesus would want you to know about, and they fit into two categories. The first category is tithing. The second category is offering. I want to hit this real quick. I'm going to give you verse references. I'm not going to read the scriptures, okay? So the second one is offering. That's 2 Corinthians 9. So offerings. Uh, These last five all fall under the category of offerings. They're all considered offerings, okay? So offerings. Anything above a tithe. Anything that's just out of a out of an abundance of your heart, out of an abundance. So tithing is a fixed 10%. Offering is everything above that. All right, 2 Corinthians 9, just the whole chapter. Actually, you could do 8 and 9. Number three, first fruits offerings. So this is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, which I just read, and Ezekiel 44, 30. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, Ezekiel 44, 30. First fruits offerings. So this is different from a tithing offering, although it's an offering because it's the first fruits of an of a harvest. So literally what they would do is they would take the entire first fruit and give it, all 100% of that first fruits. So a modern example of this would be if you get a bonus, right, like let's say you got a signing bonus and you felt like God blessed me with that, God gave me that job, God blessed me with a bonus, so I'm gonna get a pay raise of $10,000 a year, but they gave me $1,000 upfront signing bonus that would be the first fruits and I'm just going to give God the full thousand. That'd be a first fruits offering. Not required, not mandated. Nowhere in the Bible does it mandate it or say you have to do that. It was something they did, again, to honor God. That God, when there was a a, a famine in the land, a harvest came that should not have come. That the world's going nuts and crazy and everybody's getting fired, but I'm getting a job, I'm going to honor God. See the difference? And so they honor God with the first fruits of the harvest. Number four, almsgiving, giving to the poor. Proverbs 28 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. i will read that one again. I know I said I was gonna go quick, but you should you should hear this. These are verses people don't hit all the time. Proverbs 28 27. He who gives to the poor will. Not lack. But he who hides his eyes will have many curses. This church, I don't talk about it much because I, I want you to give to obey God's word. I don't want you to give because we give to the poor, but we feed hungry children every month out of this church. Every month. Every month. I have it on automatic so I don't even think about it. It's something like 33 kids a day for the month or something like that. Every month. Every month we do it. I could tell you all about the organization and all that kind of stuff, but that's not the point. The point is, see, if you say that, people will be more likely, some people will be more likely to give to that instead of giving to God. I don't want you to give because we do that to honor almsgiving. Now, if you don't have a way to do that, you can give here and know that your money is going to that. Does that, does that help? Does that answer that? Okay, so almsgiving. You can also read Psalm 41, 1 through 3. Psalm 41, 1 through 3. Number five. Another type of giving that Jesus would want us to know about of the seven types is honoring a man of God. The Shunammite woman blessed Elisha and built a room for him. Um, There was the alabaster box that that was poured out on Jesus. She just honored. I mean, that was expensive. Very expensive. She poured it out on Jesus. You guys did that with um, um, Pastor Appreciation recently. Man, y'all blew me away. Just just uh, honored me. Honored the man of God in your life. Now, I said it then, I'll remind you now that we're talking about this. You're not honoring, you're honoring the gift within me. It's not just about honoring the man, you're honoring the gift, the gift that's in your life. God blesses that. There's a return that comes on that. You know, that this woman, the Shunammite woman, go read that. Don't, don't look at what happened to her because she built a home for him. That whenever he came, he had a place to lay his head down. Whenever he came through, she built a place for him. She gave, She set him up. And remember, the Bible says, anything you're doing, do it as unto the Lord. So you're giving to God. Amen. Number six, partnering with traveling ministries or with uh, evangelists and things like that. Uh Luke eight, one through three, Philippians four, eleven through nine, and third John, um, a lot of the lot of that book of the Bible. Number seven is sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. Genesis twenty-two. You see Abraham with Isaac. I know that's not finances, but that was, in a sense, because of what God had promised Isaac, the livelihood of his family, the lineage of his home, and the future wealth of his family was in that seed. And he took it to the altar, the whole thing, and was willing to sacrifice it. Second Corinthians 8. The, the, the whole... Thing. he's Paul's correcting them and not correcting them but encouraging them to sacrificially give to support what he's doing the work he's doing sacrificial giving is when you don't just give your best you give something that costs you you give something that that and again these are the reason I'm teaching on these I, I know this is heavy I know everyone's quiet today but we'll be shouting in a few weeks for agree with Sunday and all that but this is good teaching that'll help you and I'm almost done Actually, you guys can come up. I want to wrap up these last points real quick because we got to worship and give. So, what? Why, why would I teach on this today? Because you need to know. You need to know that these are not. I. You know what? Let me say it this way. Uh, last week, I said something. I don't know if I said earlier. I want to say it again. I'm not coercing you to give. I, I'm not. I'm teaching on this so you know what's out there. But you need to, don't, if you give, like, let's say, all right, I heard a man, recently, I was listening to him online probably a message from the 80s. I told you I like listening to old preachers. I love it. So he's from the 80s. And he was uh, kind of preaching along these lines. And he gets to the end of his message. And he talks about how he had finally, he came from a very poor background. He had finally saved $200. He had two $100 bills. Now listen to how, He presented it, and I want you to notice how it's different from what I do and what Pastor Steve does and what our churches do. He said, I've got, I had two $100 bills, and the Lord told me to give them to a, It was bring that piano down for me just a little bit. It's a little hot. He said the Lord told him to give this $200 to a ministry uh, and to sow it. So he obeyed God. Everybody say obedience. Isaiah 1 says, that the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. He was willing, and he was obedient. So he takes the $200, and he gives it. And he said uh, that he told the Lord, he said, Lord, before he gave it, he said, Lord, I was going to buy clothes with that. All my clothes are old. They're they're tattered. I need new suits. I need to preach. I can't do that. And he said, "I, I need new clothes. And the Lord said, give it. So he obeyed the word of the Lord and gave the $200. All he had came from poor, came from nothing came from poverty, David, he said from that day forward for 40 years, he'd been in the ministry for 40 years, and he would not have no reason to lie. I feel like he's telling the truth. He said that people would come up to him left and right and give him clothes. Hey, I want to take you to the store and buy you clothes. I want to buy you suits. He would show up to preach somewhere, and they would have 10 suits laid down on the hotel bed. And just this buy, this buy him clothes, clothes after clothes, I mean, suits after suits. He said for 42 years or whatever it was, he had never gone. He said he had suits upon suits upon suits with tags still on them that he can't even wear. He's got people knocking on his door. Can I please go buy you clothes? And He doesn't even have the time to go shopping with them. Okay. He sacrificially gave at the word of the Lord. He obeyed God. Now, what I didn't like is then he turned it and told everybody else to do the same thing and manipulated about 12,000 people in that building to give $200. Well, I'm a businessman. I know what he did. He had a deficit of 200 times 12,000 and needed it. Then he said, there's 64 people that, the God, that God's going to use to give 1,000. And he did that. And he just manipulated the whole crowd with a story of how God blessed him through sacrificial giving. You'll ne- I make a promise to you, you will never hear me do that. I may give you a testimony, but here's the thing. If you hear somebody who gave a car and God blessed him with three cars, you ever hear that and you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to do that. And you go out of your emotions and give a car, you're going to be walking. You're going to be riding the bus. But if God tells you to do it, and you'll know because your flesh will fight you. Your spirit will be saying I, to do it. And you'll know and you can't get away from it. And you'll know when you do it, I promise you there's a blessing on the other side of it. And that I could tell you personal stories. I use his stories because I wanted to draw a delineation of a difference of how we operate our ministry here. That I'm not doing this today to try to manipulate you or whatever. I already know what I'm giving and giving gift to Jesus. And if my family, if we were the only one to do it today, I, I'm a happy camper. I, I don't. I don't care. This is an opportunity for you to do it. You may want to do it next week. You may want to do it in first week. Whatever. But today's our opportunity to, to do that. So that's the seven types of giving. Everybody stand on your feet, and I'm gonna give you four and five. I know I've had like a bunch of different points today, but this is teaching, and it'll help you. So, five things Jesus wants you to know. Number one, God gave first. Number two, you give to God when you give. Number three, there are seven types of giving. Number four, God or Jesus wants you to partake in all of them, including tithing. He wants you to partake in all of them. What uh, what did Jesus say? Matthew 23 Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, whatever, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Look at Matthew 23 23 in the NLT. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore, you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now notice how Jesus ends this. So he's correcting the scribes and the Pharisees and he says, you should tithe, yes, But do not neglect the more important things. Does Jesus want us to tithe? Yes. The widow's mite, Jesus stood in Luke 21. And he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in her two mites. So Jesus said to her, or said to the crowd, Truly, I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all of you. For all these... Come about all the rich people. Out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, which he doesn't condemn. Notice he's just talking about the difference. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. She gave everything. He was speaking of her heart, which brings me to number five. The fifth thing that I believe Jesus would want you to know about giving is your heart of giving matters. 2 Corinthians 9 says that God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Someone who gives with a happy heart. That you're willing and obedient. I, you, can, you can take my message today and say, okay, I'm going to be obedient and be grumpy about it and have a bad attitude and negate your blessing. Be willing and obedient. Give with a cheerful heart. Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to close with this. And then I'll tell you what we're going to do and how we're going to give a gift to Jesus. Matthew 6, 19, 20, 21. Jesus said this, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. What happens when you give here on earth? There's a reward in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also where your treasure is your heart will be also could you help me take that off to the side where your treasure is your heart will be also when you give your heart of giving matters the way you give matters your attitude matters you know i want to add one more thought to that last point about the heart of giving that I know every single one of you build the way I do. I'm watching that video and I said a little prayer with my wife. I'm gonna pray over everyone who gave and But I I know for us, and I hope I hope the same for you, that this is because I just absolutely heartily love Jesus. Like I, I I joked earlier about how we give gifts to people we don't even love. We just lift your hands and tell him you love him. Heavenly Father, we love you. We love you. Father. We love you. I want a prayer to be pray the same prayer I pray with my wife down front. Heavenly Father, I know that every person in here gave what they felt to give, whether it's a material thing or a even a commitment or whatever or financial seed. Heavenly Father, I know you'll give back to them because that's what your word says you'll do, and you're a good God and you cannot lie and you cannot falsify your. Your, your words are who you are, so you will give back to them. So, Lord, I thank you for the gift that you give back to them. I thank you for whatever return is given. But, Lord, I thank you for using what was sold for your kingdom. Lord, that you'll take it and multiply, bless it, increase it. In Jesus' name, that you'll give us the wisdom of how to stretch it as far as we can, and to be as as wise as we can just as your word says Lord we ask you for wisdom and for that as you give back to these families they gave today that you give them the wisdom of what to do with that blessing you said you give seed to the sower Lord I thank you that as they've sown today Lord that that seed comes back to them and that they'll continue to sow and that seed will come back and they'll continue to sow and that seed will come back and they'll continue to sow I thank you for blessing their storehouse. I thank you for filling their barns, that their vats overflow with new wine, that their families are blessed, that their bodies are healthy, that the increase from 2024 will absolutely and utterly overwhelm them with how good you are. So standing before you and everyone today, we give you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory. The fact that we can even sow these seeds today is because you've blessed us because you've increased us, because you gave it to us to give. So, Lord, I thank you, in Jesus' name, that this will be a miracle offering, that it will supernaturally increase your kingdom, that souls will be saved as a result of it, that lives will be changed as a result of it, that miracles will be received, relationships will be restored. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. And everyone who received that, just shout out amen. I love you, baby. I know you gotta get back to the kids. I, I want to thank you so much. I want to just honor you for being obedient, for being whatever God told you to give. If it was ten dollars, I'm sure it was it was a ten dollars that you you had to obey God to give. If it was whatever a a, a, a large amount, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The, again, the widow's mite was two cent or, or a fact, fraction of a cent. I want to thank you i want to thank you i want to honor you for being obedient to god i'm i'm telling you i can't wait to see 2024 will be an amazing year we're gonna see I, we, we've seen miracles in this building we've seen salvations in this building we've seen uh miracles in this building we've seen relationships restored in this building we've seen uh, um depression lead we've seen anxiety go We've seen people set free. I I can keep going. I'm just telling y'all we're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. Now say this before we leave. Say, as it is in this house, so shall it be in my house. Freedom, come on say it, say freedom, will be in my house. Healing, will be in my house. Provision, will be in my house. Abundance, Will be in my house uh clarity will be in my house direction will be in my house say wisdom i like that one. say wisdom will be in my house amen